Hey folks, thank you for tuning in to Go Black Boy Go. Um, with me, I have two very special guests to talk to me about a show that they're currently working on. But before we get into that conversation, make sure to follow the podcast on Spotify and subscribe to it on iTunes. And if you like a particular episode, make sure to share it on your social medias. Um, special guests, do you want to introduce yourself in no particular order? Okay, well, since I'm staring, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm staring at CJ's mouth agape, touching the floor, but they don't know what the fuck's going on. Hi, uh, can we say, can we say what we want on here? I'm so sorry. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 please. Okay, great. I didn't remember you ever censoring yourself. Um, yeah, so my name is David H. Parker. I am a fourth year college student here in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I'm just somebody out here doing the work right now uh as much as i can before i before i really have to hit that ground running in less in like eight months so oh. just happy to be here happy to talk about art and the world and what we're hoping to do yeah cool and my partner in crime over here <laughs> hey y'all um my name is cj bell pronouns they them um I'm the artistic director of the Birmingham Black Repertory Theater Company. Which, like, um, yes, yes. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird to see, but I guess we do have what we've done technically four shows now, if I count the stage yeah. reading of Mojo we did. So I'll, 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 take, I'll take the claps for that. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just so weird to hear, I think. Um, every time I say it out loud, it, it just it freaks me out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a Gemini. Um, we know. Oh, my partner's a Gemini. <laughs> I love that journey for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, I had ended up moving from Alabama as soon as you started um, the, the your 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 company. So I was so the only like r like the only way I can really like see what's going on is like through what the. Um, instagram is and through like photos and stuff and it's just like i i can't ever like um get out to a show but like this thing that y'all are bringing out now is like the first time i can actually like see something that y'all have done so i'm like really excited to talk to y'all about it and to see it so. i forgot a bootleg of the last show that we did and i'm not gonna say the, i'm not gonna say who wrote it because i know them but i have a bootleg of it oh and if you want it i can get it to you okay Okay. Okay. I like bootlegs. I was gonna see you're gonna have to keep that one. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, so how are y'all doing with Corona? Have you had it? Me? No. I've I had it. Oh. Uh, yeah. What was it like what was it like to have it? It was terrible. Um well and I ha apparently had like the best version of it to get, apparently, wow. according to the really cool nurse, she was like, thank God you didn't get the respiratory symptoms because those are the fatal ones. But there are different ways, a bunch of different ways that Kimberden said mine were just gastrointestinal and I won't get into that on like a podcast, <laughs> but it was just very bad for about five days straight. Like literally like, I was like, wow, like this may be it. Like, oh my goodness. I, like it was terrible. Like I couldn't, I couldn't eat. I was weak. I was sweating. I was hot. Um, and then about four days after that and just being like heavily medicated and high. Um, <laughs> Unnecessary stuff. Yeah, I just like, I literally just like slowly started feeling better. And I'm just now to a place I think like since, since I got into BFT, I was finally like, 
when we were painting, I was like, oh, like my body's healing because I'm not getting fatigued right now. You know, mm-hmm. I'll be stretching and I'll be like, oh, I can like, yes. I feel this now. So, yeah. but yeah, I had it. But other than that, it's been lit. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I've i been really paranoid and careful like <laughs> the whole You're time, my paranoid basically. friend. Yes, I, I think I am. Like I'm not, I'm really not crazy about it, but like I am taking my precautions, you know what I mean? Like as yeah. much as I can. Um, yeah. I, you know, you can get it from freaking anywhere, so it kind of doesn't matter. It, like, I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, it's so easy to get it. Like, if you do get it, you just have to like, you can't blame yourself for it. It's gonna happen because we're just so prepared. Not you coughing on. <laughs> As you're talking, I am. I am. I am. Are you? I'm. I'm if this, I'm being honest, this is not coronavirus. I'm this smoking. is a COVID warning. This whole uh, episode. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'll give you something to drink. Okay. Yeah, you do that, girl. Um. So what was I saying? Um. Being uh, cautious. It, it, yeah. We've been so ill prepared by our government to be, uh, ready to combat something like it. So we can't yeah. blame ourselves as individuals unless we really aren't trying to keep up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I got sick a couple of, uh, like, four weeks, when did we, what was before we started the process? Five weeks ago? Oh, thank you. Um, like, five weeks ago? Um, yeah, like, I got sick for a good five days straight. It was, like, it was whole body sort of thing, and it, but it ended up not being COVID. Yeah. It's just, you know, a weak, a weak respiratory system, I guess, at the time. Um, a weak immune system at the time, but I got better, and all is well, and, yeah. um, you know, we did. We'll talk about it later. But we did the whole process, socially distanced, and everything like that. So I mean, yeah. it's possible, possible, yeah. folks. Um. So for this segment, this is where y'all can uh, talk about the song that y'all had picked and some lyrics that kind of like stand out to y'all. So whoever wants to go first, just just go ahead. All right. So check this out. There's a song called "Wild Things" by Alessia Cara. <laughs> the whole album is bomb. Fun fact, my mentor's ex-husband wrote the album and I didn't even know it. Wow. And it's been my favorite song since she came out. So it was pretty much written for me, I also think. <laughs> anyway, um, so the song is called Wild Things and um, it's written by this black guy named Sebastian Cole. When you listen to the lyrics of the song, um, A, it has like this very just like tribalistic feel, but it's the things that she's saying and you can just, you can tell a black person wrote them. Yeah. Like yeah. she's she's literally talking about a black lived experience. Uh, one of the one of the lyrics is, um, so hey, we brought our drums and this is how we dance. No mistaken, we make our breaks. If you don't like our 808s, then leave us alone because we don't need your policies. We make no apologies for being, find me where the wild things are. And then it like has, you know, like all the techno crazy pop stuff on top of that. But the lyrics and it's like, we will find our fit place. We will carve our place into time and space. We'll find our way or we'll make a way. Oh my God, stop. You're, you're saying it. <laughs> no, like I listen to it and I cry. And I be getting mad at myself sometimes. Cause I be like, damn, I really stand this little spicy white girl, but <laughs> I don't know what she is. Is she, is she, is she a, I don't know. Yeah. Is she white? I don't I understand regardless. Right, whole, right. It don't matter. Whole yeah. album not. No, because, yeah, well, because she's talking about, well, I guess the songwriters fully talking about experiences of, like, 
when we hear shit like that, we're hearing our childhoods where we weren't, we were either policed too much or we were policed not enough. And we're hearing about being boisterous and being fucking running in the streets at nights. You know what I mean? Like just being unhinged. I can't believe I didn't say Janelle Monae. Honestly, I'm a little offended you, at myself. You really should feel some type of way right now, but mm-hmm. we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I was um, feeling what the wild things are. Uh-huh. Absolutely. You can feel, listen, you listen to, what is it? Dirty Computer every fucking day. I know sure. you do at least twice a day. Yeah. So you That's can true. give a listen car a moment. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, like we're listening to tragedy and we're listening to our comedies of our lives and when we're listening to shit like that like that's what it is that's what she's thinking about so we're going to give her her props and him his props yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have any thoughts on <laughs> i'm so grateful for music and oh now. always always yes david has really good taste in music too yeah what what you- did you have a song Oh, me? Okay, I didn't know that we were doing uh, Eastern one. My bad. Yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, oh God, that I'm listening to right now, I would probably, I'm trying not to give the credit to another white girl. <laughs> oh, um, no. Oh, oh, okay, actually, uh, <laughs> keeping, keeping it, I know, keeping it black. Uh, and CJ, you, I don't think you still listen to them. Chloe and Hallie. Yes. Over the summer. You're going to call me out like that on the, <laughs> on the, on the media, sis? Yes, yes where else? Um, Damn. They, they released a, a, a beautiful, uh, dark, techno romance, weird album. Um, I look like I'm going to enjoy it. I'm just lazy. Yeah, I just described Dirty Computer. Yeah, so, no, I know I'm going to like it. I'm just lazy. And I'm still like Dirty Computer, you know, like. Anyways, uh, it's called Ungodly Hour. Um, great visuals, wonderful, wonderful um, production because every song flows into the other. Like it's, it's pretty spectacular. Um, mm. Also, but I do want to give uh, Miss Rena Sawayama a shout out as well because she's uh, doing some heavy lifting on the representation side and the anti-capitalist side. And um, as she just turned 30 recently, uh, she is just dropping, she's dropped bits of wisdom all over YouTube. Just look her up. Wonderful artist. Um, if I had to pick a song, um, I think I'd probably choose Forgive Me by Chloe and Hallie. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the lyrics are, um, what do you think this is? Why you gotta plead the fifth? You ain't gotta tell me what it is. Because I saw the messages. Just because um, I know that that's like kind of, it's not, it's, it's kind of surface level uh, <laughs> lyricism there. but. I don't know. I just like a bad black woman that is unapologetic and they both are all of that. Um, and they are really just representing on the female black pop side of things and like R&B sort of fusion. And I have such, I have such room in my heart and world for them. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is why I have decided to stand. Um, right, exactly. That, that was my whole TED talk. Thank you for coming, everybody. <laughs> I am going to, I promise, because if I don't, I feel like you and Devin will just stop being friends with me. I'm going to listen to it. I just, I really, I'm such a creature, I'm such a manic Gemini that literally I listen to Tosh Sultana and Dirty Computer and just, I flip it. Tosh Sultana is a great replacement though. Let me tell you. I did find somebody named Nasty C very recently too. Oh. Oh. Did you listen to it? The vibes, uh-huh. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like island techno futuristic R&B gangster thug atmospheric mm. lo-fi rap. 
nasty. It's scene. like you want to be in heaven. Oh, and he like he raps like his fucking name sounds, nasty but his scene. beat sounds. <laughs> he, and scene, he right. sings and like so. If August Lena and Tupac had a baby, okay, and and like Donald Glover produced him. Oh my yeah. god. I have to listen to. Some and action. honestly, Kehlani might have been in the room. IDK. <laughs> well then. Hmm. Um, yeah, don't know what. Give that a listen. Give that a listen. I'll give it a listen. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> um, I want to talk before we talk more about the production stuff. I want to talk um, a little bit about like what were y'all's first like beginnings in theater and what kind of like drew y'all to pursue theater because um um i me personally i don't know a lot of black men in theater so i'm just curious when i do meet other one other black men who do theater um so yeah just whoever wants to go first um Oh wow! Uh, that's a really great question. I will say that because um, my beginnings in theater were literally at the ass end, uh, the tail end of high school. Like uh-huh. I was, I didn't really have a theater program until then, and the only thing I had done before that was like a sixth grade production of The Northern Star oh. at church. Or you, The Northern Star? I was The Northern Star. <laughs> I love that journey for you. <laughs> Leading man from day one. Are you kidding me? Just kidding. But um, you're not. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, that was the last time. David that was Parker first... starring in the north as the northern, northern star, star in the northern star. It was the it was the wise star too. Can you listen? I had wrinkles on my never mind. Um, yeah, so in high school, the literally I got cast in Legally Blonde at a school that I moved to, and I was Kyle, the UPS guy. Mister mm. Claude, not mad about it. Uh huh. Mister Claude's in I don't know. I don't remember the name of the. It's like a reprise. It's like Ireland reprise or something. It's not called that, but uh, and I was also Grandmaster Chad in that show. Um, Black. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Negro. Um, <laughs> I was about as close to a black, the only, they was the only black, I was the only black male. They didn't at least let you, um, Enrique about it? No, are you kidding me? They should have let you do that. No. I've always wanted to do that. I'm sorry. I just want to. Oh yeah, just go, just give it a go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was it. And I did, I did like a crucible S play and then that was it. And then I came to UAB. You know what I mean? Like I just, I didn't have the theater experience, but it has definitely given me a lot more of an appreciation now because I can, I am, I, I, in my last, in the last five years, I have absorbed and soaked up so much, you know, so it's like very, very fresh for me. That's yeah. very just surprising to hear. So what did, what were you into before you were into theater? Like, what did you do? Um, I was big into writing. Okay, copy that. I was big into writing and I'm getting back into writing as well. Mm. Um, do you want too. to do both of them or do you just want to do um writing um if i ever need a day job that i would love you know what i mean like until i'm getting i'm available right like until i'm getting until i'm getting and i'm thinking about this right now i'm reminded to talk to you about this but anyways that's for the b-roll uh <laughs> i've been thinking about answers already yes i'm just like whatever <laughs> well fine. i've been i've been wanting to before i'm like getting full, like full-time paid for theater everything which hopefully, you know, isn't too far away from the, in the future. Mm-hmm. 
I really want to like copy edit or something people scripts too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like an editor. I love. You're so good at it. And I it just feels so good to go back and read something that you know you wrote and you and it just looks even better and like it's got like the punctuation and shit in it. Punctuation. It's italicized. <laughs> italicized. I'd be like, ooh, I wrote this. Okay. Right. Like, yes, but no. Yeah, yes. yes, but no, because you don't understand what copy editing is. <laughs> You'd be well, great at that. Uh, and see, yeah, it's just an idea. It's something to have in the back of my mind. Like, yeah. I would love that. I've had some experience doing it online. So, like, if y'all need anything, hit me up. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what about you, TJ? Um, so I have a really, really shameful, shameful um, theater past in childhood. I have been acting since I was a child. Um, I used to model. I was like an Oshkosh Bagosh model. Um, How old are we talking? I uh, like five. Um, I used to do, you know, my um, family like runs the city. And so my, when my grandmother was the superintendent, I actually used to have a TV show where I read books. Like I was a little kid that read the books for like the school. So I've been doing this for a minute. I went to a theater uh, high school, like from the, from the, from the moment, um, like I could, there was like a theater program for me to be in. I was always in it. I went to a specific theater magnet high school. I'm a BFA in theater from Florida State. Um, this is the only thing I know how to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I thought I was going to be an actor for a really long time, and I still do that, but I think just my, the only thing that's really shifted is the, like, where in theater I really want to be, and right now I think that's what I'm, exactly what I'm doing right now. Like if I could just be doing this and just be getting paid, not even that much more, but like consistently what we typically, like if I could, if I could like triple that, yeah, I could be okay, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I think that everything that we're doing here is so important and art for social justice, like those are, those are like my two passions. Like yeah. put the world at, like create beautiful things and like create community. That's all I want to do. Um, and so like, Everyone's like, Broadway's closed. And I'm like, wasn't going in the first place. Like, the goal. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, was, was not the goal. How, um, however, comma, how great is it that that system is going to have to be restarted now? Because yeah. it's just time, time for a reboot. It's time for some people who haven't gotten to speak in a long time to speak. Yeah. And, and I think this, that is a great lead into the um, current project y'all are working on is there anybody out there can y'all talk about well first like what brought y'all to um making this and um what were some of the kind of beginning conversations that happened and um what was the production process like <laughs> that's a lot it's a lot to uh, first what was some of the beginning conversations yeah so it <laughs> And no, it's just a funny story because oh, okay. I'm just gonna be honest about it. I had just gotten I'd literally just gotten out of the mental um hospital for the second time since quarantine had started. Okay. And so this play was my super dark exorcism of all of these dark and crazy feelings I was having, you know, from my mental health issues to my HIV status to just like everything. I This was my, I'm about to throw up my trauma play, honestly, like mm. honestly, even in like the early drafts and, and it actually was gonna be a film and I wrote it and um, I got a grant 
Um, and they were like, can be, like, do you have something now? Like, do you have something right now that you can do? And I looked over and I was like, well, I do have something. <laughs> I don't know if it's something you're going to want, but um, I hit up David because I knew I needed someone who thought more abstractly than I did and definitely more technically sound than I am. I just knew I had like this big, this possible big, beautiful thing. And like, I just needed like help, like defogging slash changing the lenses in my glasses because it just feels like it's so what I wrote and it's so like not what I wrote at the same time. Like mm -hmm. it's just, but that was really it. I like hit David up and I was like, yo, so I got this like check you want to like get paid to like make a new medium that was like the yeah. whole point for us is that we didn't want to do a zoom play we didn't want to do a reading and we could have done that and it would have been very easy and we would have probably been less stressed out but this process was just not that uh they met over zoom i mean and david can talk more about that um well yeah what, what real yeah. quick on you saying like create a new medium yeah what would you classify this project it's not like a zoom play what what would you call it because it, it is something like it is yeah it's a uniquely african-american digital virtual Exterior. Oh. Theatrical. Okay. Theatrical. Yeah, that's, Theatrical. That's the okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It is, uh, it's a hard thing to remember, but it's 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 a whole it's a whole new thing. It really is. And it's it's in its but it's elements of things that you know. I think we did a really good job of combining these ways we conventionally look at film and look at stage. Um but also like and suddenly it's like we're in a scene in euphoria. You know, like that's yes. the that's like aesthetically, if anyone is listening and want to know like what the hell it's about, A, that's for you to figure out, like, because <laughs> I don't even know sometimes, but B, like Euphoria, I think it definitely has a very uh, Euphoria feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's grounded in some realness. Um, it's grounded in some reality. But for the most part, it's such, because when CJ came to me about it initially, it was like, I've got this, I've got this concept. Um, I've got it like vaguely mapped out and we can, I want to explore it and see where the hell it goes. And then it went in a completely, it kind of went in like a, a crazy different direction. And then we were like, okay, cool. So it's here. And then it kind of evolved a little bit more. And then as the process started to come off the paper, it, it changed even more as we had to make some some changes to the cast and you know, <laughs> just some things happened over the course of the, the project from the beginning that that just turned it into what it is. And I just really couldn't be more grateful for everybody involved being so ridiculously um uh, malleable in those moments. Uh, and I'm talking before we were filming, while we were filming, the day we were are filming. Like while a shot is happening, like, they're still malleable. <laughs> yes, like everybody was so flexible and just changeable and so open-minded. It was, it was like what Yes and looks like in Praxis. Yeah. And like, I've never experienced that. That was nice. Hmm. Like what you imagine when you learned Yes and the, for the first time, that is it personified. Like yeah. real life constructed in front of you. Like, like the, it, yeah. We can collaborate like this. Because uh, what Yes and doesn't mean detriment. Yes and doesn't mean 
Yes, and does not mean problems, issues, doesn't mean that we've taken too much time for X, Y, Z. It means that we've taken the appropriate amount of time for everything and then we've decided what we can, what we can use and allow to flourish and allow to overall benefit the project and the vision and still respect each other as artists for bringing those things up in the first place. Yeah. Because we gave ourselves permission to though, at the beginning of all of this, yes. I was like, while we're here in creating a new medium, let's talk about like what, and let's model what healthy collaboration could really look like. So we had a musical producer, Asia Penix. We had a movement specialist, then that was Rachel Simone, a choreographer, Michael Charles, a David Parker, um, a Ryan Key in lighting, a, a Ryan Key in lighting design, mm. um, Alexandra Nicole. She did, uh, was our PA, but um, for the most part, you know, there were there were five, six different people designing this show yeah. from different parts of the country mm -hmm. um and none of us and it was all very like anytime anyone asked me i was like look i'm just here to write the check like i want you to just, yeah that's like, what you kept you. that's what you told me <laughs> yeah like i don't know like, i just want to i love facilitating art and so like yeah. and i think what was funny is the space was so scary even to me like i was scared for y'all mm -hmm. for a while because it was just like okay do whatever you want yeah you know like within the confines of you know this script that i have built like do whatever you want and you know that doesn't always go over as well but that's where everybody being the the identities and personalities that they were was so beneficial because it was like even if we're getting a little bit frustrated by the um ambiguity and the openness of it all like that is an open canvas that only yeah. plays into our faith because that we can do anything and so we will. It really turned on when y'all finally got in the room. I think that's what oh. was driving y'all crazy as yes. artists. Y'all were like, you want us to do this in our house? Yes. Yeah, oh because y'all were all separate at this time. Y'all were all um, went yeah. in, in, the, in the planning process, just kind of at home. Writing, planning, yeah. initial rehearsals, all Zoom. Okay. Uh, we would meet for, you know, we would meet for a certain amount of time every night, uh, like weeknights, things like that. Um, just like a regular rehearsal schedule, but like much more focused, much more like we know what we're like, we have a lot of time and we have a lot of room to play and play means growth and growth means making everybody feel like they have an opportunity to offer their uh, offer their ideas and their perspectives and their talents and their skills for us to be able to make something that's just fucking honest and cool like you know what i mean like i can't really describe this as anything yeah. but it's rewarding in the way that yeah we were able to create again but also we're just ha having our black ass fun <laughs> you know it we wasn't always anyone. going to be a filmed experience yes okay it was always going to be filmed not necessarily recorded um yeah, like we didn't want it like we didn't want to like do a play and just like sit a camera up in the middle of the room and just record it. Like it was going to be live streamed initially. We wanted to. We Yeah, we thought about a live stream, but it was still always going to have a I mean, like if we're there, if we're already recording, why not use the tools available to us to make it look to, you know, to, to like we're already there, just like make it a thing. Um, and I think that's what bothers me a lot about content that's coming out right now. And I'm not ragging on anybody. Like, anybody out there, shout out to you for creating the best that you can, because that is what we are all out here doing. But 
I think that especially like us millennials that understand technology, like if, if we're gonna if we're gonna sit here and like do the whole like let's reinvent the wheel game and like try to figure out something and like tangible for us all to do like just step, step your cookies up a little bit mm-hmm. i don't want to watch nobody read from no script <laughs> on zoom right that's not cute that's not fun like that's not i think we're beyond the like power to the people yeah exactly but i think we are a little bit beyond reading plays on zoom like that was a great way to get our toes in the water well, and even but... beyond that like where is like street theater at how are we bring, how are we giving theater to how are people accessing theater without a computer right yeah. now yeah there's a dude who plays the drums Miller you know, five points exactly yeah it's like my exactly. favorite fucking thing dude it's like live i love theater. listening to it literally like me in the middle of five points. <laughs> yeah like having a whole mosh pit to yourself it's amazing in front and, of that evil goat fountain what was the um product like the actual filming process like um yeah how did y'all maintain social distancing and all of that stuff so the so there was a it was basically one way in one way out in the theater and uh birmingham festival theater um thank you again to them for allowing us to use their space hey. of course, always um and of course we had hand sanitizer, we had gloves, we had extra masks available um, in the one way entrance to the theater. And then um, we also would keep the six feet distance apart when in the house, when filming and um, when our actor was uh, actually on our stage, like our film, our set basically, our set, uh, everybody else would keep into the house except for the videographer who had masks of course and then we would keep as much distance as possible while filming um and yeah uh cj was really good and we had a pa that was really good about making sure that people kept their masks on as well i mean making sure that everybody stayed appropriate distance apart um and yeah our lighting designer was up in the booth so we didn't have to worry about him but he also has mask on the entire time it was basically just infor- just keeping reinforced all of the guidelines that we have known about for months and really should not be questionable at this point. Um, and making sure that we are yes. all we all know that we're I mean, cuz we're all holding each other accountable and responsible yeah. for each other's health and we love each other so we wouldn't want to be a detriment to each other. And it's just like uh, limiting the time too, I think, yes. right? Like we were like we are literally not going to be in the space, you know, all together until like the like until was, we shot it was the yeah exactly and um our two actors were never in the uh well the first day um when we had our original actor <laughs> um a, the what am i saying um they were never in the room at the same time it was only one actor filming a day okay. and yeah so did did that take like did maintaining the social distancing guidelines like how did that affect the actors performances or um even like the production or or did it have an effect on it uh, honestly thinking about it like not really okay um, it only how did it thinking about how it limited us uh, on the actual filming i i can't think of anything it felt like a very smooth process yeah it looks great and we were all safe and we all felt like we you know what i mean that's good yeah so there's nothing i could really so it's like i mean it's possible to create right now i mean i think that's cool to hear yeah oh for sure 
like the master annoying comment. yeah the mess that's the only thing i hated was just like i was that person like every 10 seconds that's why i had to constantly remind everybody because i was telling myself to put my damn like just set, like put it back over my nose and shit constantly yeah um i think that was the only thing is you just have to get and i and i guess as a room full of literally a room full of black 99 queer people um we're all so used to being uncomfortable so adding a, another uncomfortable element i don't think was that big of a detriment we were like okay whatever this too sure why not <laughs> you know <laughs> i had to repeat myself a couple times because folks couldn't hear me and i'm a virgo so i hate that shit. but you know what we got to do what we got to do it's like it's nobody's fault <laughs> so yeah we just adapt we adapted and so we were successful i feel like that's all we do yeah and so what did like well first i i mean i think y'all kind of said it like it's kind of like you watch it and you figure out yourself but what would you say is the general plot of is there anybody out there (laughs) (laughs) or the writer (laughs) the lived and live experiences of the author Okay. Come to life in a slightly uh, like think cult classic meets like think of Donnie Darko or like American Beauty Sands, um, Mr. Spacey uh, meets like a, a oh my god like a almost like an, an Austin Powers like Fever Dream. Hmm. That sounds fun. <laughs> in the middle. What what she said. I was talking the other day that I felt like this was my, so I'm really excited. A lot of people don't know this about me because I do so much, but this is actually the first completely finished, like eligible to submit somewhere film project I'll have ever completed. Yeah. Oh, wow. Done, like small clips I've done, pilots I've done, you know, proof of concepts, but I've never done an actual body, body of work. Yeah. Um, I've been saying it's my dirty computer. Yeah, very, very excited <laughs> about that. It just feels very personal, you know? It just feels like I... And I let everybody know, I was like, yo, before you sign on, just to let you know, like, I was really going through some shit when I wrote this, like, <laughs> consent yeah. question mark, because this is a, it's a, it's a, it's a dark play. Um, they, it's a light play. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a, that's the thing. It's so movement and dance oriented in the end that like, yeah, it feels like it's an amalgamation of, of these journeys that are meeting like peaks and valleys. And mm. we're really kind of seeing, we're seeing that. You know, it feels kind of existential. Yeah. At least that's how I felt me filming it. Yeah, like that's it. And by the end, that's why I was like, oh, like, are we in heaven now? Like, what's even happening? <laughs> oh, it's just so gotcha, pretty. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, yeah, that's really it. It's just like this big existential crisis, cinematic, theatrical masterpiece. Um, I mean, I love that you can't explain it because it just it just shows that it, you have to view it to, you know, really get it. So, yeah, you literally have to see it. You'll have half to have been there for this one. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's awesome. just look at it. just watch it yeah like um where can people watch it and yeah um so and i'll link it you can buy at our website um it's just www.thebbrtc.com and there is a thing that'll take you right to the ticket link uh tickets are 25 dollars, but we are giving away 100 free tickets to cool. anyone that is black and queer 
uh, trans, gender non-conforming, what any kind of queer, specifically those black queer specific people that are living with HIV, email us at info at the bbrtc.com and claim your ticket because you can just see it for free. Are a lot of them gone? No. So Great. come Great. get them, literally. I may give away a hundred more if y'all do this. I like I. That's how much like that's what that piece is for me. I'm just like I really don't care as many as long as as many Black queer people see it and hopefully are as and were as liberated as we were in building it. Mm -hmm. I'll if if like one, you know, like yeah. I'll be I with that. Yeah. And final question for y'all: What advice would y'all have for content creators that are wanting to you know create something right now but they don't necessarily think they have the tools to do it or don't think it's possible because of you know covid going on what advice would y'all have for them girl that's the first thing i'll say like for real like girl one thing um take inventory of you and uh, me and my friends and my close creative circle, uh, because we're all independent filmmakers, we're all independent content creators. We're very honest about um, what resources we have and what resources we don't have access to, um, just so that we can save money on whatever we can, because like, guess what? Like you are your personnel. Um, this is the, I, this is my second time working with David, but everybody else I had worked with at least twice, three times before, you know, like the, that's, I keep the same crew for that reason. Um, because your people that are in the trenches with you are just going to network across with you. And you really don't have, in the beginning, managing your expenses and making sure that people are taken care of and balancing that with what do you physically need to tell your story and luckily for this one it was like nothing like we could literally tell it with nothing um and we just used a little props managing your money um knowing where to find money you know like using all of your all of your resources or and your privileges to your benefit you know like we are a theater that pretty much makes queer content and everything that we get sponsored for is always under a queer specific something you know um, so NAACP, y'all should write us a grant, just saying, but, um, you know, like, um, I think really just like taking inventory of what you have and like using that and knowing that that is going to be enough, you know, like I've shot things on iPhones before that I'm proud of, uh, you know, like I, I'm very proud of this and I, we just shot it on a Canon. It was, there was nothing special about it. You know, like we just networked and kind of said okay well you can do this and you know how to do this and you can do this and this and this and this and um using your community man like that would that would be the biggest thing like find community of creatives that do different things than you and that think differently than you yeah yeah you you won't win because let me tell you you have to have a virgo at least, <laughs> and I keep it. I keep three in pocket. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, the only thing that I'd really have to say right now is on top of that, like, it makes small moves. Because as a visual person, I see I see every project that I want to do, top to bottom, before everything anything gets started. 
but if I don't have the equipment for something or I don't have the people or I don't have the resources for, to make something happen, I get really discouraged. And I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want to do it because I, I want to do it exactly how I want it. Yeah. But nothing gets done that way. So we have to take little steps, very little steps to start making things happen and put them in motion so that you can be ready for when those opportunities do come along and like you're actually able to do things. And that's really all that I, I, I can say because that's what's been working for me recently. And that's the that's how I look at my prospects. Mm. Yeah. It's like that compromise where you can and where you can't don't. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, if I really want to see something happen, not doing it because it's not going to look exactly how I want it is not going to make it happen at all. So why am I walking through life trying to make things happen exactly how I want them to be right now? Like, why does it have to be right now? I got some time. There's some you've time to make time. intro. Yeah. You've got time. You've got some resources that you're going to get. Exactly. Also, and you've got time. My favorite line from the show. Anyways. Um, I'm so glad that you that anybody likes anything that I write because I am not a writer. And people always laugh at me because I produce like four things that I've yeah. written now. But I'm not. I'm really not. I write out of like that intense emotion for up for and I don't and I don't care if it's good or not. You write yeah. to stop feeling, not to feel. Yeah. And so it's just a gag. If I really be sitting here like uh-uh, like I'm, I'm, I need to start using a pseudonym so people just don't know it's me. Yeah. Because I really just feel like people are gonna, if, if they watch it and get it, they're just gonna be like, oh, she's just nuts. Noted. Yeah, like. <laughs> like that's a whole thing going on in your head. Great, um, good to know. Yeah, like someone, yeah. <laughs> but I think everyone's feeling like that right now though. So I just felt like we'd play with it that's that's what david did david went honestly yeah like if i if i said that the final story looks like the original story i i you know what i mean like it it's impossible for that to have happened and i know that that happens with stories normally like productions normally but like it's just, it's just it, it lives exactly where it needs to live. And everything, all of the changes we had to do to make it the way it is, like even down from losing a cast member in the middle of production, of the day, of, of the final day of filming and literally having to get the choreographers to step in um, as two characters and and like reformat, like it was just like, and, and in that moment it happened so, or, oh, okay, you're gonna leave, awesome. We're gonna go ahead and void your, you know, like it was just like such, everything felt so organic and just like, we just didn't stop. We just went to the next scene and we put, we like, we got them dressed and that was it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and everyone was just like, yeah, okay, cool. It feels good, yeah, like we're fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it sounds like y'all really created a, a beautiful sense of community on this project, so. Um, it's just another reason why I can't wait to see it and, and hopefully more people will be able to watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so last part of the show, part of the show I like to call So Done. And it's basically where you can talk about what annoyed you for the week. So CJ, David, what are y'all so done with? Oh, girl. Um... Mm. Where do I start? Where does the first show begin? Right, like I'm eating a Twix and I'm just like, I'm I'm like indulging on all the shit that is pissing me off this week. <laughs> um, I think the top thing, the top, top thing that pissed me off this week, 
You want to know something? I think, I, the, I think the viewers do. You want to know something? Yeah. Viewers, y'all want to know something? I've had a very good and blessed week, and I'm not even going to... I can't even speak negatively about it, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like, I'm tired as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... You really, you just can't... I, the, I don't know. You I'm cannot not, escape God. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say something again. No, like, you cannot escape God. Just if anybody was wondering. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I could complain. I really could. Yeah. But if I did that, I feel like I would be giving in to... Uh, mm. I just don't, I don't want to. You know what I mean? I want to try to get yeah. my energy as possible. I think that I am so done with people who whose stakes in their lives are not as high as the people that they call friends or the people that they call colleagues or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about our circumstances, like our, the pandemic. I think that when their stakes aren't as high and they, they forget about other people's high stakes and how much yeah. things matter to them, yeah. um, like safety and health, I think that that, is, that shows that you lack character, like you lack, you lack empathy. And those are the people that I'm so done with. I feel that. Use a deep ass bitch. Had to. I had to say it. <laughs> you did that. And I'm not going to elaborate either. I think I said Uh-uh. Right. You need to type that up and put that somewhere. That's the check. <laughs> it's, a, it's an article, man. Yeah, it was an article. Yay. New York Post, um, Forbes. Um, yeah. I'm I'm here. I'm a four hundred dollars a word. David H. Parker at Outlook.com. Hit me up. Inquiries. Um, thank no, you. for real, for real. That ass. Well, y'all have surely been a lively bunch for me. <laughs> Um, this is, no, this is, this was very fun to do and I'm so happy I got to chat with y'all about your, your, your process. Um, and like I keep saying, I can't wait to see, um, is there anybody out there and to hear back from y'all, uh, in the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, so where do I go back, boy, go and you can follow, uh, do y'all want to give your social media tags? Um, mm, I've been trying to be very protective of my Twitter. Okay. It's like, yeah, so I'm not going to give out my Twitter, but my, um, you can look me up on, my website is www.carltonvbell.com. Get on the website, yes. And, uh, my Instagram is David H. Parker underscore. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good one to find me out, yeah. Okay. And once again, thank y'all for... Uh, coming on and talking to me about the project. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having us, Jalen. Yeah. Um, and thank you guys for listening to Go Black Book Club. Oh. <laughs> I tried to say that too fast. Go Black Book Club. We understood. <laughs> I'll just let it. I'll just let it keep going. See y'all next week. <laughs> Bye. Uh, <laughs> keeping, keeping it, I know, keeping it black. <laughs>